The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're gonna hear about it. This is gonna be fucking fun. You are in the hole of Major League A-Holes on a Festivus E or Festivus afternoon. We will Happy be Festivus. airing grievances. Yeah, sure. we'll be definitely airing grievances. <laughs> it's a Festivus miracle we even got on, got on the air today. We, we've had many delays, technical issues, all sorts of crazy shits going on. But it would be uh, pretty apropos for us Major League A-Holes to have a struggle to get on the air. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's also... Of course, our fifth annual Asshole of the Year Award. Uh, I can't believe we're, we've done this for five years, which is I know crazy. through a pandemic, through everything else. This is our fifth. We will wrap up the show with that. Before we get to that, though, we've got to talk about all the news happening. Of course, uh, we always suspected it, but we've the Dodgers have proven without a shadow of a doubt that the luxury tax isn't real as they have signed just about everybody to ridiculous contracts. Um, we're going to talk about our teams, who they've signed, who they've not signed, who they've traded. Uh, Giants and Tigers are rather active on that front. Sox and Cubs, not so much. But uh, We may or may not throw in an aesthetics if it fits in their final aesthetics of the year, but we'll see how this goes. So far, not so good. So <laughs> I'm not <laughs> no, counting on anything at this point. We are 45 minutes behind our schedule launch time uh, today to record this, folks, and we have been trying to get on the air that entire 45 minutes. So this could technically be our longest show ever, just not of recorded yeah. material. If we're actually recording, we'll, we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, we'll find so. out. Could be our best show ever for no one to hear. I think we should just go ahead and jump into the news. Now here's the news. It's the the big news. Oh, fuck, Scotty, that is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents This Week in Baseball. What's going on? I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit old news now, of course, but Shohei Otani did indeed sign with the L.A. Dodgers. As everyone knew it was going to happen, we knew it was going to happen. We talked about that many times. I was holding out a little bit of hope that he might come to the Cubs. Yeah, you uh, were. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not to be. Uh, how he got to the Dodgers was a bit of a circuitous route, a uh, curious tale. As J.P. Morosi at one point had us all on a private jet flying to Toronto with Shohei Otani <laughs> as he was about to sign with the Blue Jays. Yes. And that <laughs> completely ended up being completely false somehow. I don't know how a reputable reporter like Morosi, he's he's no Bob Nightingale. He, he's usually spot yet, on. Uh, yet Bob was the one who corrected it. The irony of ironies. Bob yes. Nightingale, of all people, chimed in about 5 o'clock on that fateful Friday saying none of that was true. Sho- Shohei Otani was in his living room in Southern California. 
which begs the question was, was Bob like, like a peeping Tom, like looking in his windows? Like, how did he know? How could he confirm that? He's parked out front. I'll never, I'll never put anything past Bob Nightingale. So I just, it was too perfect that it's so confusing. It was such a weird day. And it was all brought into clarity by none other than Bob Nightingale. But I was, I was riveted. I was definitely tuned into Twitter that afternoon and trying to follow all the news. But Blue Jays, Toronto just didn't make any sense to me, like to begin with. So I think the the idea and certainly having the Cubs kind of in the in the mix as well. I think Otani's agent was just trying to bump up the offer from the from the Dodgers, just saying other other teams were actually in 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 the mix. Um, and it just it just wasn't true. I don't think he ever even met with the Cubs. That was that never that never surfaced. So as much hope as Cubs fans like myself had, I don't think it was ever even close. And you and I talked about it too. We, we knew from the beginning, like I said, he, he was going to the Dodgers all along. He doesn't have to uproot, uproot his life at all. He just goes across town to, to go to games now instead of going to Anaheim. So exactly. The deal itself is another uh, eye opener kind of, well, a sh- you know, I'm shocked Smitty. They got him for, for, uh, you know, only, only uh, like ten million dollars. It's crazy. Yeah, two million a year for ten years. Not bad. Twenty million. Good. Good yeah, work. Twenty million. Yeah, twenty million bucks for Otani. Good, good deal. Work by you, Dodgers. I don't know how they freaking did it. They're gonna pay him six hundred eighty million to retire over the next ten years, up until I think it's what twenty forty four or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's gonna be quite. Quite a hit when new ownership takes over for the Dodgers at that point. Yeah, yeah, nobody's worried about. Yeah, who's going to actually be working there at that point? Will the GM still be there? Possibly. Yeah, ownership group may be in place, but maybe they have plans to sell by then. Who knows? But yeah, it's somebody else's problem. What it does for the Dodgers, of course, is it helps them circumvent the luxury tax system. Uh, instead of being on the hook for seventy million a year, as what his contract really in in all actuality is they're only on the hook for 46 million per year. Yeah. The deferred money. So I'm still not fully sure. I understand the math on that, but nobody's disputing that. So, so they're saving about $35 million on the luxury tax there. They uh, just so happen to have also signed Yashishibu Yamamoto. I forgot. I think I got his first name wrong there, but they just signed him for gasp almost the exact same amount that they had left over from the cap space they created. I know. Um, it's so weird. It's just, I, I didn't see that coming at all. I know. So strange. He's it's... not deferring anything. <laughs> no the record. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have the 50 to a hundred million dollars a year in endorsement deals at Otani. Right. So Otani's got, got plenty of walking around money. I think he'll be all right. Just, just, it's just, you know, there's literally a clause in the CBA that that makes it possible for this to happen. There's, yep. It's not that there's just an oversight or a loophole. The, the clause yes. literally says you can do this. It's just never been done to this extent. I think you posted on Twitter. You know, it's it's been done before. It's done all the time. Actually, deferred money and that. that yeah, I, I, yeah. The worst are the. I mean, the Nationals are paying everyone not to play for them. Like, yeah, Bryce, Bryce Harper. Um, Max Scherzer. Uh, Scherzer. Um, I think uh 
uh, I can't think of the other dude's name. There's like at least three people from that uh, that original team, that like big run team, that is getting paid still for the next like five years. So. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong wrong with it. And the graphic right behind you, I mean, is calls tax dodgers. That's that's going to be the running joke. But they're they're not doing anything illegal. Uh, I think what this does, it's just the extent. I mean, they they're deferring 97 percent of his contract, and it's also. $680 million deferred. You know, we've seen you, your Max Scherzer example. He deferred 50% of his contract, which is quite a bit, but it was that's only $100 million. So this, just the scale of both, just kind of nobody really could see this coming. And, and I guess we should have, but I think that means in the next CBA in four years now, uh, I think that's going to be bone of contention that that language might get adjusted a bit so that these things can't happen yeah i mean it doesn't make it definitely doesn't make things competitive <laughs> well yeah and that it was a farce to begin with that we that yeah. we've talked about for years but just for the dodgers who are definitely a team that can certainly go over the luxury cap if they want uh they're the ones that exploit it the most so just the the layers of irony are, are brutal frustrating okay. but that that's how the game is played so congrats to them for exploiting the the rules to their advantage as much as they can um they're again they're the, they're the ones that need it the least but you know i was listening to bruce levine on uh the score this morning on inside the clubhouse and he pointed out that the dodgers tv deal pays them 300 million dollars per year Ugh. you and i have discussed at length that most uh, it's between 80 and $100 million go to every major league ball yep. club due to revenue sharing, uh, BAM, uh, baseball advanced media rights. Uh, every team gets a hundred close to a hundred million dollars every year. So the Dodgers are one of those. They have $400 million coming in every season before they sell one ticket, before they sell one Shohei Otani Jersey, uh, before they sell any sponsorship. So the idea that you know the salary cap or the de facto salary cap is just, what two hundred thirty-eight million this year. Yeah, uh, they have more than that coming in before they even sell a ticket, and yet they're circumventing the <laughs> the competitive balance tax rules. So it's that's baseball, I guess. Um, we'll see if it pays off. They, you know, we did just see the World Series champion Texas Rangers spend their way to a title spending $1 billion over the last two seasons. Uh, that finally worked for them. Dodgers are taking it up a notch. They they spent $1 billion in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. In an effort yeah. to win their first legitimate World Series since 1988. Yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, one thing, too, is like – something to be said for Otani too. I mean, obviously point should be taken. He's not like, he's not like the best guy in the world because he deferred all that money because he's still going to make to your point with endorsements, like $50 million a year. There's more advantages than that to him because he's essentially going to probably either retire after that deal before the, the 680 kicks in. Yeah. He, he can just move out of California and avoid their state income tax. Which right. That's, that's the very punitive. So he's winning. He, he's winning no matter what. And the Dodgers are winning. Everybody wins except for, I guess, anyone that's not a Dodgers fan. 
Yeah, I, I, I do. I do like the idea, though, the the concept that he is deferring that money so they could spend money to in an effort to try to win. Like, you yeah, don't, you don't see a lot of players that are, are necessarily willing to do that, like give up their money that's owed to them so the team can better themselves to, to that extent. So right. you again, saw in foot, the only example I can think of is football and Tom Brady, yeah, exactly. like yeah. taking small contracts with the Patriots mainly because he had so many endorsement deals, but his wife made more money than he did. Right. As a supermodel. So that, that was an well easy divorce probably. Yeah. I've never heard of that. <laughs> That's for our other podcasts that we don't do anymore. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, it's, I guess it's on un, maybe on, un, I guess just it's unprecedented to the level, I guess that would, what yeah. happened here. So, but to your point, yeah, he's, he's helping the Dodgers, you know, he's not hamstringing the Dodgers in any way, so they can't make yeah. other moves, which is really smart on his part. If he wants to win championships. Yeah. Just I mean, signing, he really does. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I've got no I problem mean, with, with, with him. It's just the situation and the Dodgers again, they didn't break any rules. They're just exploiting yeah. the situation. Exactly. I don't have, I, as much as I want to have a pro, I have a general problem with the Dodgers, but I, <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I mean, to me, uh, uh, and we'll get, we'll probably, we're, we're going to get to him later, but an old ass owner like Reinstorf, these are, they, we should be, the Sox should be signing everyone to these types of contracts because he'll be long dead when they have to be paid. <laughs> they can build a, they can build a, 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 a destroyer of a team. You don't have to pay for any of it. Well, it begs the question: Why aren't the Cubs in? And yeah. Why, why didn't they? Uh, any get of to our that teams. Level? Yeah. Again, Otani didn't want to go anywhere else. He he wanted to go to the Dodgers. We knew that from the beginning. Obviously. We'll get to the Cubs. We'll certainly get to Jerry and your White Sox. It's going to be the majority of the second half of the show. So, I think um, before we get there, I think we should talk about some positive things with another team you support with your San Francisco giants. Yeah. I mean, I think we get the negative out of the way they offered uh, like you, like uh, Smitty already pointed out, uh, Otani already had determined he was going to the Dodgers because the giants uh, offered him $700 million. <laughs> so, and he said, no, I'm going to the Dodgers instead. So yeah. again, this was like another, the, this is another uh, somewhat depressing moment for giant fans as we saw we were um, pawns in the Aaron Judge mm. game uh, of the year the year before, and uh, you know it's it's like we we always seem to keep losing out on that big name. But uh, they they signed a Korean superstar Jung Hoo Lee almost immediately, what within days of of the Otani deal being announced, uh, they signed him. Um, he's 24 years old. Uh, he's got, he's got fluctuating power numbers, but his overall play is, is, uh, his numbers are, are really solid coming out of Korea. He's an OBP guy. I mean, he's, he's, I've heard comparisons to Ichiro. He also wears number 51, I think, cause that's his favorite player of all time potentially, but yeah, his, uh, he's a leadoff hitter, isn't he? Yeah. His lifetime OPS is eight, nine, eight. Um, his lifetime OBP is 407. Yeah. So, yeah. But he has had he has had some crazy power numbers too. Like for a leadoff guy, two years ago he hit 23 homers and drove in 113. 
I know so, very, do you know much about the Korean baseball league? I, I don't know. I know like the Japanese league, the stadiums are a little bit smaller. So power numbers don't trans translate quite as well here. Uh, just right. Cause, just Cause the stadiums are a little bit bigger and the ball is a little bit smaller in Japan too, I think. Right. Um, I don't know how that compares in, in Korea, but yeah. And, and I, all, all this stuff, like when someone comes over, I mean, like, I think you, you know, obviously it's used as a measuring stick on, on his the player's ability to to be successful in in the major leagues and in, in in American baseball, but I, I we're gonna have to see. It looks yeah, it looks good, but I I I could be a way <laughs> it could turn into a bust. I mean, yeah, it could be and, Fukudomi from the Cubs, yeah. or it could be Suzuki. You know, who and, knows? And the other thing is, it could be a bust the first year, and then it could be great after that. So, like yeah. you, we've seen that. We've seen players come over the first year they feel like the stress of having Getting acclimated to a new culture all right that. yeah yeah a lot of pressure and they and they have like a, like a average first year and then everyone's like oh what a waste of money and then all of a sudden it's like oh yeah that's the well, guy think about <laughs> how often just you know an american free agent changes scene you know changes yep. cities and how that that pressure to perform is all you know it seems to it seems to happen a lot to new Tech- free agents Texas Rangers last year. Yeah. Marcus Simeon. I mean, he looked like, wow, what a waste of money. Well, yeah. that's not the case this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Just add to that, you know, coming to a new country with a new, you know, new language, you know, all of that. Like how that, that's just, I just can't yeah. imagine how difficult that whole process would be. But it's got $113 million to help him through that. Yeah. He'll st- be, yeah. That'll six be year bad. deal. Is that what it was? Yeah. I think it was six years. Yeah. There might be a seventh option but there's um, an option a couple options in there i think he does have the coolest nickname i've heard in a while grandson of the wind yes it's up on our graphic right here right now right. Well perfect played. timing <laughs> for those watching viewing, on youtube you're uh, viewing this yes yeah, so uh apparently his father was a korean baseball legend nicknamed son of wind so of course uh what's his name kung Lee, I forget how their names work. Lee is the surname. They have the same um, same first name, but the middle name is different. I forget how that works. Uh, what you got me. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. But yeah, yeah so he comes from baseball royalty in, <laughs> All right. in Korea. Um, so. I believe you. <laughs> Grandson of wind was my point. So. Uh, breaking the wind. Um, <laughs> uh, other than that, there's, there's not a ton to talk about for the giants right now um i think i think they were so in i I mean i really do believe they were obviously talking to otani i think if you were a west coast team uh outside of the athletics i and maybe the angels i mean i wouldn't i heard the angels obviously did not make any sort of offer anywhere near that amount of money but um i'm sure you know they were listening uh, or they were like, you know, listening in and seeing. They were in the conversation, like, but in the conversation somewhere. But um, I think you know the Giants were so focused on that that this is obviously their backup plan was to sign Lee. So um, they just immediately did that afterwards, and you know the free agent market as a whole, at least for our teams outside of the Tigers, who've made a, a lot of. Acquisitions and whatnot have 
have been pretty quiet and a lot of big names overall in Major League Baseball. I think I read the other day there's eight point is it eight point one billion dollars in salaries still yet to be like signed Saw something or something. Along those lines. Yeah, yeah something crazy. It was Passan, I think, posted it. Yeah. Because, you know, there was like funny, there was like a bunch of teams that have big bunch of teams that are supposed to be active that have a big big old zero next to that team name so far so everyone's being like don't worry (laughs) there's a lot of action to still happen so we're gonna get to one of those in a bit but you mentioned my detroit tigers detroit being being pretty active on the free agent market so far i'm I'm a little bit surprised Uh, they signed kenta maeda to a two-year 24 million dollar contract right out from their division rival twins uh, I've liked Maeda for a while. He's, you know, he's about a four ERA pitcher for his career. He's been hurt a lot. Um, he's approaching 35 years old, two year deal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. Hopefully they can get something out of him. Uh, just adds to the pitching depth. You can never have too much rotation depth. I, I don't mind the signing. It's just, it's a short-term deal. Not a ton of money. Doesn't stop him from doing other things, including signing Jack Flaherty. Uh, which I didn't see that coming at all. He he's was on my radar for the last five years almost. I picked him as my ace in my fantasy league about four years ago and was very disappointed because I think that was coming off of his sole very good year back in 2019 where he had a sub three ERA, yep. uh, 231 strikeouts, low, low one whip that's really the only time he's ever put it all together in one season is 2019. He's had, he struggled with shoulder injuries, oblique issues, shoulder injuries really scare me. Um, but you know, elbows used to be scary. Pretty much Tommy John has taken care of that. <laughs> right. Shoulders are still a hazy mystery to, to medical science. There's just so much going on in there that you can never really count on being able to figure out how to solve a, a shoulder issue. So, I don't expect a whole lot out of him. Neither do the Tigers. Apparently they only signed him to a one year deal. Uh, I think it's $14 million. You know, like we always say, there are no bad one year deals. If it works awesome. If it doesn't, it just costs you some money. And like we said, every major league owner has money to spare. So it costs you some cash. Yeah. That shouldn't cost. Shouldn't, shouldn't cost much. So I think there's huge upside with that. If he is healthy and can, can get it back together. You know, the the potential is there. It's just if you can actually get it out of them. Fortunately, they're not just solely relying on him. Like I said, they've got their rotation is about six or seven deep right now. If you include all the young guys from last year, plus uh, Casey Mize coming back from Tommy John surgery this season. So I like those moves. Um, Other moves were to the bullpen. The return of Andrew Chafin, Rod Beck Jr., uh, shooter number two. Uh, he's coming back to the Tigers after a year hiatus. I love that. Uh, and then the Tigers just signed Shelby Miller to a, what is this? It's a, I forget how many year deal. I think it's only a two year deal. Um, he was with the Dodgers last year, had a sub two ERA in over 42 innings, sub one whip. And yet he doesn't resign with the Dodgers. I'm not sure. The only thing I can think of is they just can't afford him. I mean, yeah, I know it's, it is weird. Like 
so or maybe they know more maybe there's an injury issue we don't know about but i just thought that was strange like he's he's already at a good spot the dodgers you'd think would be wanting uh bullpen depth with everything else they've added so right hey, it's the tigers tigers advantage shelby miller was a big starting prospect back in the day but it, he's moved to the bullpen and has, has found its place there so I, I like the tigers rotation depth and now their bullpen depth as well so I also like that they got Maeda from the Twins, uh, who the Twins also lost Sonny Gray to the Cardinals in free agency. So their their rotation has been gutted. It sounds like the Twins are one of those teams that might be severely adversely affected by the Valley Sports bankruptcy yeah. proceedings as they're going to lose their TV money this year. And it sounds like they are cutting cutting salary dramatically. So... That's going to be something interesting to watch. The, the Guardians are another team that's been affected by that. They're losing their TV deal. Um, I don't. I haven't read that they're cutting salary as drastically as the Twins appear to be. So we'll see how that plays out. But maybe that's the part of the thinking of the the Tigers. You know, kind of going for it with you know middle aged guys. You know, the, these guys they're signing are in their thirties to go around a very young nucleus that's already there. They're they're really going for it this year. It seems like, considering the the White Sox are have taken their step back. Uh, apparently, they're trying to recreate what? the trying to recreate the Kansas City Royals again. What? Speaking of the Royals, they're the other team in the division who might see an opportunity as they've spent 105 million dollars in free agency already. But you know, last year I, I kept beating the beating the concept into the ground of don't confuse activity with accomplishment with the Cubs specifically. But in this case, I think the, the Royals might be doing that because I mean, they've got, they spent $105 million, but it's very uh, not, not much in return, the, the names they got so far. So I'm not necessarily worried about the Royals. There's a, another factor involved there. They're asking taxpayers to build them a brand new stadium in the next years. I believe a vote for that comes up in 2024. So probably oh, yeah. asking for a billion dollars from local taxpayers. So they figured they could spend a hundred million dollars to kind of pretend that they're into it, uh, in it to win it this year. <laughs> we're, so. we're going all in for a new stadium. You, you were just at Kauffman stadium last year, two years ago. I feel last like year, last summer. Was it last, last summer? summer. What, I've never been there. What did you think of the stadium? fine uh, is it run down were they in need of a new no, ball no not at all i don't think so i know I they just that, did maybe 10 years ago they did a major renovation where they went nuts with the waterfalls and everything out, out in the outfield it looked it looks yeah. cool from tv but i mean the concourse is a little narrow but outside of that i mean i don't know i, I was the i i think i told you i think i said this on the podcast like they're surprised at how expensive everything was there really i was like going in there thinking i'm gonna eat like a king drink like a king i'm out of chicago nope no like beers huh. were like freaking 18 dollars. that's worse than wrigley what the fuck are they doing i know that's what i said you wow. need a new stadium you need new pricing <laughs> jesus but anyway well, yeah i mean i i I thought it was fine. The out, the outfield seats were a decent view. They had put in all this like out in the out the outfield concourse. 
um there's like this whole like like the kid zone thing like the white Sox have they also have a great um hall of fame mm. there with a ton of baseball memorabilia like of games that took place at Kauffman Stadium and teams that have played there and there's like some White Sox stuff in there too it was it was really cool and I thought to myself as I'm walking through this Hall of Fame at in Kansas City I'm like we have <clears throat> we have two teams with uh you know have had some pretty decent players on their teams and have a lot of history in Chicago and neither one have anything like this in the side of the stadium. And it's just actually was like unfathomable to me because of how cool it was. So yeah. uh, I, I, again, I don't see any reason why they need a new stadium other than whatever money's it's potentially they would be able to build more suites and get corporate income that way. Right. Exactly. That's, yeah. That's most of that. So I, again, that's why I think they're, they're kind of, throwing some cash around right now just to make the fan base feel better about giving them a billion dollars to build a new fucking stadium when they don't even need it. But right. Yeah. Cause I, I definitely don't think they need it, but that's just my humble opinion. Well, the tigers weren't done there. They went ahead and extended manager, AJ Hinch uh, terms undisclosed. Uh, there was actually some mystery a couple of years ago, like how if he had an opt out from his deal or his original deal or whatever. So they don't, typically disclose terms for managers, I guess, but I was happy to hear that. I'm more than happy with my manager. Uh, I feel you like, are. You love that guy. I feel like he's a top five manager. I feel like both of my teams now have top five managers, but Ooh. we'll get into that. But yeah, we'll see. Again, the Tigers weren't done there. Oh, they, God. Went, they went ahead and signed your broadcaster, one Jason Benetti. Beloved. <laughs> Beloved broadcaster. I mean, this, I was floored by this. I don't think anyone saw this coming. You know, maybe there were rumblings that there was a little bit of friction. You know, the he wanted to, to spread his wings a little more, as you've seen him and heard him uh, doing college football and basketball games. Wanted more time to be able to, you know, kind of stamp his, his uh, national presence. Uh, and it sounded like the White Sox weren't too happy about that. But I never, I thought they'd be able to work that out. Or if they couldn't, you know, he might go to a, you know, some another major market someplace. But I never dreamed he would come to my Detroit Tigers. You know, that is very much a lateral move in in every sense. You know, I'm, I'm not delusional thinking Detroit is a, a better place to to call games than Chicago is. I would say it's lateral, if anything. Um, but to go to a division rival, it's just a kind of a slap in the face of the the White Sox. The, you know so many layers of irony to this as well. The Tigers, you know, they, they've haven't had a very good broadcast booth for quite some time since the that's, times that's of true. Mario and Pembla and Rod Allen, they actually en true. ended their careers in Chicago, ironically enough, again, uh, with a, a dust up there at guaranteed rate field between the two broadcasters off air, uh, that ended their time with the Tigers. Uh, Jason's first game to call for the Tigers will also be at guaranteed rate field as the Tigers open on the road on the South side of Chicago. So that's going to be an interesting broadcast. Um, I didn't see it coming. I, I maybe you had more insight into it. Had you heard more rumblings about? No, I didn't yeah. see. I thought it was a joke. 
when I got the text. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, because it's just like another like, oh, great, White Sox. Let's get some more positive press. Oh, he was I the, mean, the I, one I mean, great the, thing about the White, White Sox the last couple of years is their broadcast. Yeah, he and Stoney right. are just, we've, we've done segments about how great they are and the awards they've won. Yeah, the fact that the owner had a, doesn't understand his style of broadcasting. Like, if I own he doesn't think he's side, funny was the quote yeah, I saw. He, he doesn't, just doesn't think, think Jason's funny. funny. They asked him to like curtail the shenanigans for I don't know what they said exactly, but you know, and 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 be more more uh, straightforward on the broadcast. And you know, I'm like, weird, Jerry. Uh, usually, when uh, something like Fox Sports signs you to a national contract, you're a pretty good sportscaster. Yeah. You do a pretty good job. He does multiple sports. They want him. They want his voice mm-hmm. on multiple sports. Uh, he's good enough for a national Fox audience, but he's not good enough for Jerry Reinsdorf. And, mm-hmm. you know, this guy just continues to be like an albatross around the neck of the White Sox. Um, we'll definitely get to we'll Yeah, get but, but yeah, I mean, and – you know, Jason going to Benetti going to the Tigers, it, it makes perfect sense to me, especially what he said. I mean, he actually pictures the Tigers now as as how the White Sox were when he joined the White Sox. Yeah. You know, they're this up and coming team. They have a lot of positivity going their way. It's going to be easy to go on there and 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 preach, you know, the Tigers' message because it's it's trending upward they actually hired the right guy for the job you know he's not gonna have to you know like dance around having tony la Russa be the manager of his team you know oh so, yeah i mean i mean it's honestly it's probably gonna be pretty easy for him to go to work every day and do a broadcast right now i mean you know because it it like i said it's all it's all he's he's going to a team that could very well win the AL Central this year um, because it's ripe for the taking. And they already had like a decent young nucleus in place that should be a bit better this year. Um, if not some maybe taking larger strides forward this year. And and it is, it's, a, it's exactly what we all were sold on with the White Sox, except I think the major difference is you have what looks to be a much more competent management team in place in the dugout. So, and that, as we see, can lead to world championships. So dugout and in the front office. So I actually hold, I mean, it stings. It's, it's not, I don't even know if it stings. It's just comical that he went to the tigers to me. Yeah. Um, anything else? Like I, I don't, I get it. I believe fucking too. Fuck you. Reinstar. Fuck you. Brooks Boyer for like fucking, you know, telling me I gotta like, you know, someone needs to tell Jerry to shut the fuck up and let us do our job. You sit up there and write checks, douchebag. Yeah. I mean, I made the graphic there, you know, Benedict Benetti, just because it had a funny ring to it. And I got to add the old English D into the middle of it. But is there a sense of betrayal? I mean, are people pissed at Benetti for leaving? uh, Obviously, I mean it's White Sox fan base. Well, yeah, there'll be a mix. There'll be some that are. Well, it's weird. There, there's always those. There is a, there is a like core of White Sox uh, fans who, and these are obviously older, older fans like older oh, yes. than me, 
who think La Russa was good as a manager and Jerry Reinstorf can't be blamed for the players not performing. Oh, okay. That whole uh, narrative. So they probably are in the camp of fuck you, Benetti, you baby. You know, so the yeah, old school White Sox loyalists, no matter what. Yeah, no matter what. So, but I think overall, like guys like us who are doing podcasts and all that are just like, of course he left. <laughs> I mean, why would you? Well, you mentioned Brooks Boyer. There, there's a rumor out there that he kind of disparaged Benetti's uh, physical handicap or his. Uh, does he have multiple scrolls? What is he? Yeah, yeah, MS, yeah. Um, and he kind of brought that up in a conversation, some you know, salary conversations. I think the quote was that this is a rumor, so I don't know how there's a quote, but something about you know, do you want Jason Benetti money or normal human being money? It's like, what? Like, how how did that come through? You know, the only time I ever hear ever hear about Brooks Boyers, you know, he comes on the radio to talk about the new promotions for the season and food. I didn't realize he was like the vice president of communications or something. I thought yeah, he was like yeah. your marketing yeah, director, like, but it sounds like he's much more than that. Yeah, there was a couple hats there, but Not I don't well, he, though. doesn't sound like he was a fan of Benetti either. So there's, there's a lot of uh, just, uh, again, the only, I watched a ton of white Sox games over the last five years probably because I'm obsessed with this podcast and it makes for better content if I know what I'm talking about, but they were such an enjoyable broadcast. I mean, Benetti and Stone, I would say that was probably the best local broadcast in baseball that I've seen. Not anymore. And I feel bad for Stone. Um, I kind of wish he would, Stone would come with him to Detroit, even though he has no ties, but that would, that would be the most tremendous coup. Um, have you heard about replacements that will be partnered? No, with haven't heard a thing. I think they should be Connor Stone. McKnight is one name that's with yeah. ESPN 1000. I think he's called some games. Yeah, he's from he's time called to time. some games. I mean, I think they should do, do Stoney Wright and bring Chip Carey in. Really make his. <laughs> that would be, that would be awesome. Yeah, he just went to St. Louis last year. I think. So. Yeah, no, but um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be a homer move. Um, it's probably not going to be a very good broadcast, except for Stone. It's going to be a, a one-sided situation. I mean, we know you got Len Casper sitting right there, but he specifically went to the White Sox so he could do radio. So He thought they were going to win yeah. a World Series when he left. So Yeah, that, that too. So I don't know. He wanted to call a World well, Series as the radio, local radio broadcaster. Well, maybe he do, should go to the Tigers or something. <laughs> Well, he's from Michigan, so yeah. Casper maybe that's the next move. Casper's he, going to the radio booth. He grew up a Tigers fan, so why not? Uh, Dan um, Dickerson's doing a fine job here in, De in Detroit's radio booth, so I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, uh, so go ahead. No, I just saying I don't think he has any interest in going back to the TV side of things. No. So, um, uh, yeah, Tigers. Uh, like I said, they've had a pretty mediocre broadcast crew for a while. Matt Shepard took over from Mario and Rod. Uh, they've had a, they have a, like a rotating crew of color analysts. Uh, they have uh, Certainly most have been mediocre. Uh, some have been controversial. Jack Morris got suspended for making a racist joke on air uh, two years ago. I think it was now. Um, 
Dan Petrie, another 84 Tiger. He's actually one of the better uh, substitutes for the color commentary job. He's been good. Craig Monroe is my favorite uh, from the 2006 era. Tigers, a lot of energy. The worst, though, by far, has been Kirk Gibson. And it's it's not fair necessarily to criticize him, but he is a television broadcaster with Parkinson's. And he just, he doesn't, he sounds, his voice is weak. He's, he's a weird guy is what it comes down to. He's got a weird sense of humor. He sounds strange. He doesn't, he does give some managerial insight to the broadcast as, as a former manager and uh, world series hero, but just an, just an awful, awful color commentator. And I hope they can pair Benetti with, with somebody strong, as strong as Petrie or Monroe. I haven't heard who else might be in the mix or what, what their plans are, but it's, it is a dramatic upgrade in the, the television booth for my Detroit Tigers. And I cannot wait for next Ooh, season. Me neither. You might be watching more Tigers games this year, so you can get your Benetti yeah, fix. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. We'll maybe. see if you even watch White Sox games this year. Yeah. That is debatable. Well, I think we should talk about your White Sox. You, you've had a few moves here and there that I mean, we've mentioning. Sh- We've spent like $16 million so far in uh, the free agent 16, market. That's 16 more, more than the Cubs. $16 million more than the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, they had the bold move. They were somehow able, I mean, not that, not that this is going to send them to a World Series, but they were somehow able to extract five players from the Braves for, for Aaron Bummer. That was, I you yeah. know, not that a bad crazy. move. They, His ERA they got, was like in the sixes this year, and they get five players for him. So yeah, they got uh, of course, of course, they got a former Royal in Nicky Lopez. Of course, um, I think he's from a, Chicago originally, isn't he? Yeah, he's from local Naperville. boy, local okay. boy from Naperville. Then they got Mike uh, Soraka, who, you know, honestly, like there's some upside to that one. Yeah, uh, he can stay healthy. That's been, Again, he's one of those guys. Yeah. Um, they got another minor league pitcher, Jared Schuster, another shortstop, Brandon Shamaki, and I don't remember who's the fifth guy. I don't know. Remember the fifth. I mean, guy that. regardless, that's that's a hell of a haul for who's what's turned out to be a pretty mediocre middle reliever. Yeah. And the upside is, you know, you always think Bummer should be better than what he what he puts out there, but. It is six six seven nine ERA and a one point five WHIP this past season. So you you pointed out a bunch of times, didn't you have just terrible luck? Yeah, but it was funny. The minute after I came on and 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 told people to back off of Aaron Bummer, because uh, he he does have like some crazy like soft contact rate stats yeah. that are like like yeah, un- defense that are untouchable. He literally from that moment on, I think he let up like five home runs over the next like 15 appearances. Well, <laughs> so, baseball is so uh, vexing. As soon as you say something, the opposite is jinx. true. Yeah. Immediately. Jinx. That's why I try not um, to do much trash talking. Right. Exactly. Uh, what else did the Sox do? They signed Paul DeYoung mm. uh, to a one-year contract. So yeah, no bad one-year deals. So interesting. That, that. I'm not sure it solves be- your, no stop situation, but but it definitely is. Uh, if they want, if they're, it makes me believe that they're not quite ready to 
bring Montgomery up at the beginning of the year for whatever reason. Um, so I'm trying to think what else they did. Yeah, I would, they'd be pretty aggressive. They could, they could bring up Montgomery, but I I feel like he's probably a late season call up that certainly, certainly by 2025, he should be your opening day roster, but this year might be a little aggressive, but. Oh, they of course signed Eric. Uh, how do you, is it Fadid? Fadidi? Uh, to that two-year contract after his stellar performance in the Korean League, where mm. he left, he left because here I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the the difference. This is why you hold out uh, results when someone comes over from Korea. He is lifetime uh, WAR in the majors is negative point three, with with a five four one ERA and a one point five two three WHIP. Hmm. He was 20 and six with a two ERA, a 0.95 whip, a 209 strikeout to 35 walk ratio in 30 starts over 180 innings in Korea. That's interesting. So, you know, Sox are, are taking a chance on him. Two year deal. Um, there's been I can't remember the player's name, but there's been a player or two who have gone to Korea and somehow I don't know better coaching over there or something yeah. for what they were getting, and they come back and they do have they are better in the at the major league level. Resurrected after, their career somehow after after doing that. So could be something, could be nothing. I'm not expecting much out of the White Sox as a whole anyway this year, or more like a. They are going to be a hole this year. <laughs> um, so, yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, they, oh, they got another, there was another move with the Braves where they signed Max Stassi, who didn't even play last, didn't even catch last year because he was uh, under, he had an elbow surgery or something. Um, of course, he got traded for one of our favorite, it was a trade. The Sox traded on one of their star players, future considerations. Oh, yes. One of our favorite players to be traded. Brother of cash considerations? Yes, brothers of Brother cash. Brother future? Yeah, future of cash. So, and, you know, a lot of like, you know, moves that don't really get you excited. Yeah. <laughs> this, this goes back to what, what was it? Uh, don't, don't, uh, what was your line for the Cubs last year? Don't confuse activity with accomplishment. Exactly. How could you forget? Uh, I've said it like 30,000 times in this I podcast. Know. I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> I'm, I'm rattled from us still trying to get on the air earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, they could sign whoever the fuck they wanted. They're not going to, though. And again, I... I think Jerry, I mean, should seize his opportunity to not have to worry about paying anyone out of his own pocket. He'll be dead by the time he can get, if he gets some of these Tani contracts working for the White Sox, defer the money 10 years later. It's all good. You basically basically need to sign an entire rotation uh, at this point. We got, we got Eric Fadidi. But there's major rumors out there that Chris Getz is indeed shopping Dylan Cease. 
he is being no one is off the market i think that makes sense because he would get the most in return if you are indeed rebuilding once again which seems pretty obvious that you are we don't want to say that no it's it's not a good word but it's the truth i boy i can't imagine what the return would be for for c's but i think you know, he did have a bit of a down year last year, not not to his Cy Young caliber of the previous season, but certainly not a disaster by any means. And you know, there's such a, a negative vibe with the, with the whole club last year. I think you could kind of chalk that up to a part of that. But right, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the the Dodgers are <laughs> are on that list, and they have more than enough. enough they have a more than enough players good players they could trade for him and in that case that doesn't you know that's not gonna that's not gonna affect them much more you know by doing a trade for adding dylan cease to that rotation which i mean god it's just <laughs> i mean think about the and if you if you want to you know go one year into the future the Otani idea that, that rotation could be otani cease um yamamoto yeah, Moto, uh, Bueller. I mean, right there. I mean, who, who cares who five is? <laughs> I mean, Jesus, maybe uh, Cease is five. I mean, that's yeah. the weird thing about it. So they'll, they'll still flame out in the playoffs no matter what. I know, I love it. That's what I love. Nice. I hold out hope, yes. <laughs> but, but, um, you know, uh, it, weird Atlanta is also, I mean, are the Sox just gonna, is Getz just gonna keep trading with Atlanta? Um, he did well uh, the first time. Why not? Yeah, Keep Cease, it up. It, Cease is from Atlanta, from the uh, from Georgia. Oh, I so didn't know there, that. Okay, there was something there. Uh, Baltimore's also on the list. They've got plenty of uh, talent there. So uh, the one thing I do like about Getz right now is he's uh, you know from what I'm reading is the reason trades haven't happened is he's not he's not budging on the asking price to get a deal done because he doesn't have to. Doesn't have to. That's the way to do it. Two more years of control. I mean, there's no reason to force something like you. You really want Dylan Cease? Then give us what he's worth. So yeah, he's he's um, playing that correct. Yeah, I feel I feel like in a way our (laughs) our prior regime uh, would just just to try to quickly uh, move the narrative might make a rash decision to to get the focus off of off of one negative to persuade the press the kenny the kenny han combo uh you know to try to to smoke and mirrors move for everybody so i i so far with probably what gets has been given the task that is ahead of them i don't have any like immediate complaints um outside of the whole idea that we're you know we'll see how many fucking Royals end up on this team. <laughs> um, you know, that, that whole idea just is annoying to me, but, uh, uh, you know, time will tell on that, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for trading Dylan Cease, not cause I, I, I want to, you know, see him go, but the timelines just don't match it, up. If you've got, yeah, it just, it's not, it, Two years of control, maybe by that second year you're back in contention, but that's that's but then he yeah, he's out the door anyway. They're not gonna pay him the money. So we have heard your owner laugh at the idea of spending big on free agents and we 
But did he know he's old like Tony that he could actually like defer like 10 years down the road, <laughs> all this money. So maybe this could, be, thought of it. this could be our year, really. This could it's be an eye opener. Yeah. Yeah. He may have pulled gets back in the office. He's like, wait a minute. I could sign a guy for like 400 million and then I could get dumped this fucking team. And now you've been on the hook for him. Yeah. Oh, it's just like me getting a stadium built here. This is fucking beautiful. Let's we'll do get- it. We'll definitely get to that in a bit. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got. I'm done. It, they, they, again, I have low expectations. I will go to games. I will watch the White Sox. I'm a diehard fan. So I'll probably enjoy Giants games a lot more like I did last year too. But um, you have a responsibility uh, to this podcast to rant and rave about the all the White Sox games you've been disappointed in watching. Yeah, or all the ones that I'm like, holy shit, they're 10 and 0. Who thought? <laughs> Dare to dream. I like it. They really kicked the shit out of those Tigers and Jason Benetti. They sent oh, right the revenge match. Yeah. They sent them right out of limping right out of town. <laughs> oh, man. What? Well, oh, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Or okay. did I? <laughs> Jesus. One team that you did not mention that should be in the trade market for one Dylan Cease is my Chicago Cubs. <laughs> but they're not doing anything. Why would I mention them? It actually would make sense at a, at a lot of levels. I mean, on the surface, you know, he'd come back to the organization, ironically, again. Uh, but they they need pitching depth, as everyone does, and he would fit right in. The Cubs also have the, the farm system to hand over to, to Chris Getz and the White Sox, as they've done before. Uh Seems like there could be a match there. I think that'd be quite controversial, but um, I wouldn't mind seeing it, I guess. Um, I think that's kind of a pipe dream, but seems like everything's a pipe dream these days. With the very rich yet frugal Chicago Cubs, as once again, they are not doing a whole lot in the offseason. I complained most of last offseason. Uh, they did eventually make some some solid big move, bigger moves, but not, not necessarily the tier one level moves that I was expecting or others were expecting. <laughs> so far they've done basically nothing. They, they have signed two catchers to minor league deals this off season, but uh, so far none, nothing has come through. They've been, they were apparently in the running for Shohei, of course. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Again, that's not necessarily their fault because I don't think he was ever ever even thought about going anywhere besides Los Angeles, but you know, I thought they might be in on the Yamamoto deal. Of course that did not come through. Uh, they've been rumored to be in on trading for Juan Soto. That of course did not happen. Uh-uh. Uh, there's plenty of other rumors out there with, you know, a potential trade for Pete Alonzo. I don't really see that happening, even though he's in the Ooh. last year of his deal with the Mets. Um, you know the the ones that are out there now, and the mo- I think the most likely is signing Reese Hoskins. That's uh, the big base- one right now. Yeah, first baseman from the from the Phillies. He didn't play last year due to an injury. He was actually going to be on the on the potentially on the World Series roster if the Phillies had made it that far. So his his injury is behind him. I would love that move. They they need to replace Cody Ballinger at this point. They also need help at third base potentially, as uh, they did not. Uh, resign Candelario. I think Matt Chapman could be a fit there, but again, we're not seeing much. They're, they're going to have to address the rotation as well. 
that's why I think you know a trade might be in the in the works, especially considering the depth of their their bull, uh, their farm system. So they're fifty one million dollars underneath the luxury tax cap right now, and the, the de facto salary cap that we have all learned is complete bullshit. Uh, that owners just choose not to go over. They could certainly do it if they wanted to. But that's not even the craziest thing. Committed salaries for 2025 put them 128 million underneath that luxury tax threshold. So they have they have plenty of funds to to make radical free agency moves. That, yeah, you know, such that that the Dodgers just did. Uh, right, they are just choosing not to do it at this point for whatever reason. I I fear. They might get into a position where they have to overpay for Cody Bellinger to get his services back. Ooh. You and I have talked about that before. Throw him the fastball. Yeah, he his numbers dipped dramatically in the final month of the season, and it was not hard to figure out. It doesn't take a analytical department to figure this out. He could not handle heat. You just threw him a fastball, and he he struggled in the in September. So yep. that is a disturbing trend. That's something you need to fix immediately. He was unable to do so. Um, you know, again, that could be that could be an anomaly, but you just don't know with this guy. Bellinger had a great five months with the Cubs, but previous to that, he was all over the place. One of the worst hitters in baseball. He was an MVP before that, though. So you just you don't know with him. So giving him a long-term deal and big bucks that his agent Scott Boris is going to demand, I think is the wrong move. And I'm afraid that's where the, the Cubs are going to get get put in a position they're going to get put into. And at that point, you're just treading water because you had him last year. You still have to address the rotation, third base, right. bullpen depth. Um, I'm not as worried about the bullpen. You can always find find ways to work that. And usually they figure out lots of creative ways to get a, a solid bullpen. But I don't know. It's it's frustrating that this is the slowest free agent market that we've ever seen. So that's adding to the frustration. Most of that was just because the the Otani backup <laughs> you know everyone was waiting for his his deal to get done before things could open up we've seen a little bit of movement but not much so i'm being a little impatient uh assuming that the cubs should have made more moves by now but again some of the biggest names are already coming off the board and cubs are failing to to nail those so it's a frustrating frustrating experience doesn't mean that they're not going to do something cool um yeah no i mean there's plenty of big names out there still not um, that that can put a competitive roster on the field for the Cubs. And like you said, they could get creative through the trade market. Uh, the one thing I just want to point out, you know, like you, you, you use the word rumors uh, more than a few times. And it, it is, it is truly the Cubs. Um, um, and this is good. This is a good thing to have, but they do have like a great, uh, marketing machine there and a, and a hmm. PR department. And I think a lot of the rumors of what they're in on and what they're not in on, or really more, I should just, let me just rephrase that. What they're in on are created by their own marketing department. Uh, and I, I think it happens for the White Sox too, when you hear they were on, right. in on, in on some big name and and then it didn't come to fruition. I just, I just and, think that sets you up for failure, though, when it doesn't happen. I'd be surprised if the well, but think of all the failure they position. think of all the failure they've had, all the names they've been in on allegedly 
over the last two to three years. And well, that's got, what's annoying the fans the most at this point is that they're not. I know, but, so. but you know, the fans also like, there's a lot of fans out there that are more naive than, than <laughs> you, and, you and I who naive baseball like, fans. I can't imagine. Yeah, that. I know. Right. That are like, Oh man, well they, you know, they tried, but they just didn't get them. So <laughs> there's a, there's a positive spin to that for probably majority of baseball fans. Right. Um, you know, I still hear people say stuff about the 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 Sox and Manny Machado and Manny Machado didn't want to come here. I'm like, well, he didn't want to come here because he got fucking lowballed. Yeah. Like, how how did you miss that part of the story? You know, I mean, like, Jesus. So anyway. Well, I saw a quote from Jesse Rogers this week on ESPN 1000. Yeah, it's, it's a, pe- a good one. People were, what? how did he phrase it? Uh, Someone the- told Jesse. And yes. I wonder if someone is you and me because we've been saying <laughs> time that the White Sox are a major market ball club acting like a small market team. The Cubs are a major market ball club acting like a mid market team, and that that's that's a perfect way to sum up at least the last five years of both of our franchises, maybe more. But it's strange it, they've conditioned us to believe that you know we're smaller mid market teams. We can't be amongst the the heavyweights the bi-coastal elites in Los Angeles and New York. And yet there's no reason why we shouldn't be in that conversation. And exactly. These big free agents again, winning the off season is not always a predictor of winning in the postseason. As you and I love to point out how few times that actually works out where you know, there's usually a clear winner of the off season and that, yes. that clear winner rarely wins the world series. So, you know, we're, we're, getting a lot of content out of this for, for the podcast, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how any of this really plays out. Cubs were actually much better than I thought they would be uh, by the end of 2023. Uh, I was of course not happy with not entirely happy with their off season maneuvers. They, they proved me wrong until the last week of the season, but which is unfortunate, but what can you do? Uh, I'm going to, Unless you have anything else about that, I'm going to call an audible here. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. I want to go back to, and before we get to our asshole of the year, as we wrap up that this 2023 final show of 2023, I threatened to nominate uh, someone else for asshole of the year. That was a bit, a bit more. Oh yeah. You, you, I forgot you did skip him. Yes. I do want to talk about Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, he's, he's gotta be the favorite of tiger fans. Yeah. For now, former tiger Eduardo Rodriguez signed with the Arizona diamondbacks. D-backs. After being quite vocal about wanting to stay near the East coast to be with his family, thus nixing a trade from the tigers to the Dodgers at last season's trade deadline. That would have helped the tigers with a, a boatload of prospects from one of the best systems in baseball. So strange. And certainly would have helped the Dodgers on their quest for their first legitimate World Series victory since 1988, as clearly they were not prepared uh, for the postseason, as they at some at one point had Lance Lynn pitching for them. Yes. The game. Uh. <laughs> he, you know could not handle going to a contender on the West coast for two month span. And yet now he signed a four year deal on the West coast with Arizona. 
Beside in his he, defense, in his, the Arizona is a little further east. Yeah, it is a little bit. You're, you're right. <laughs> I'd say several hundred miles, but yes. Uh, so technically, yes, he didn't move <laughs> all the way to the west coast. So he's not a hypocrite. But he's in the desert for fuck's sake. It's just unbelievable what what he put the Tigers and Tigers fans through, especially the Ooh. year prior where he took the unexplained leave of absence from the team that led to the firing of Alvila eventually, which is a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um, so should be thankful for that. So, yeah, that's why I was going to potentially nominate him for asshole of the year, but I think that would, that would be a bit much. Do you he think got... the Tigers will retire his number? After... <laughs> I don't even know what number he was. <laughs> He got a four-year, $80 million deal from the Diamondbacks, which is technically more than the three years and $59 million that he opted out of that was coming to him from the Tigers. So, See? So, yeah, great move. Uh, while fucking over an entire franchise, two franchises, and uh, me, pissing me off. <laughs> So I just want to throw that out there, but that also transitions us into an impromptu aesthetics. Hey, Kramer, what do you think of this shirt? It's too busy. You know what you two look like? What? Dorks. <laughs> they look like a couple of dorks. I think it's the stupidest shirt I've ever seen, to be perfectly honest with you. You look like a fool. Can I say one thing to you? And I say this with an unblemished record of staunch heterosexuality. Absolutely. It's fabulous. Well, I think that's why he made the move. Fancy new uniforms. The fucking teals banging. Yeah, the Diamondbacks debuted, or will be debuting brand new uniforms this year, as you saw briefly on a clip on the TV behind you. Uh, Essentially, they just took their current uniforms and swapped out the sand color for teal. Yeah, pretty much. now, Now they are Sedona red black and teal uh they also introduced or reintroduced some retro logos like the the, sh- the snake that's shaped in a d that's coming back right. as a hat logo I, I didn't realize they had actually gotten rid of that for a while but um yeah i thought that was interesting it didn't make big differences uh but it was enough to to mention as i love the aesthetic segment we do as a graphic designer the i drag you through this. Uh, I think you've, you've started to grow to like this segment as we've covered all the city connect jerseys for the different teams. Yeah. City connect jerseys are my favorite cause it's hilarious. Really. Detroit but is every, not on everyone, the list for this year, but uh, what? I, believe, I believe next uh, in 2025, they will indeed have a city connect uniform. We'll see. But with the, the diamondbacks, I actually like their uniforms. They look, they've always looked very Southwest kind of a unique thing. They're adding the teal as Kind of a retro things they used to be purple and teal right somehow adding the teal to the sedona red and black it actually looks pretty good it looks very i mean it's definitely unique to them you don't you will not confuse the diamondbacks uniforms or any other teams 100 um, i like it what you had a i think i sent you the, the breakdown a couple of details yeah it, it's it's there's four key details a little less than what you get with the city connect jersey yeah um, i thought this is merciful you don't have to read this for 10 minutes They've returned to the classic off-white uniform, reminiscent of the team's original '98 uniform. I didn't realize they were off-white, like the like the Giants are at home. Yeah, um, so as you already mentioned, the D Snake logo returns to the cap. Yeah. I, like you, didn't even pay attention to that—that that it wasn't there. It's a good logo. Uh, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. 
the fan favorite teal returns, providing a unique and vibrant pop uh, for this year's uniforms. And on, I'm assuming, is this, I don't know if this is their, this is an alternate jersey. There's uh, one that, a uh, jersey that just reads Diamondbacks now. Uh, the Diamondbacks um, wordmark returns in its full form on the Sedona red alternate uniform. Yeah. I didn't realize they had gotten rid of that either. It's, it's kind of interesting when you see their new uniforms, it's like these weren't yeah. new uniforms all along. Like it, it's, it, it, it reminds kind me of, of the a, KC announcement last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of the sign of good design that it just looks so natural. It's like, that's it. But it's also kind of bad if you're trying to make a splash of the new look and it just, nobody recognizes this new look. Yeah. Kind of a, kind of a conundrum there, but. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and give them two middle fingers up. Yeah, I got, I got no. I mean, it's fine. I'm gonna give Eduardo Rodriguez when he wears that uniform two middle fingers to his face. I'm gonna be like, Eduardo, thank you. You annoyed Smitty. Edweirdo. Well, I think unless there's anything else you'd like to speak about before we get to our final segment of no. the year, our favorite, our asshole of the year. What is your problem, you insensitive asshole? Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Who the fuck is this asshole? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then. <laughs> it's almost weird that it took this long for this to happen. Yeah, we started out five years ago, uh, started in September of 2019, just before the pandemic hit. Little did we know we would be podcasting remotely, uh, would be the perfect hobby to have during a global pandemic. And it's grown from there. And so this is now our fifth asshole of the year. First year was Addison Russell, of course. Second year was Rob Manfred, which we could probably nominate every single year. Although I think the rules changes this year were pretty, pretty damn popular. So maybe he doesn't doesn't uh, earn the earn those honors this year by any means. Although I think he's just kind of inked on the ballot. He will never be yeah. removed because yeah. he's always going to do some dick move. We'll keep I him mean, on the I like that. He's, he's always, he's, he's just got a permanent spot. He's in the number one slot, no matter what. We, we gave the entire Mets organization this dishonor two years ago. And last year it was Fernando Tatis Jr. for, crashing his motorcycle and getting busted for PEDs, trying to be the the supposed face of baseball, completely uh, ruined his reputation. But So I think we've had a fantastic list of assholes of the year, very, very worthy. And I think you're right. It's kind of amazing it's taken this long. But the perfect asshole of the year for 2023 has to be one Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah. um, He single-handedly in over two years two baseball seasons has for me personally and anyone who listens to this is well aware of this is it completely destroyed my my love for baseball he i've seen it we he, witnessed it. anybody that watches this podcast or listens to us you've seen it throughout this these last two years how it's happened your your I, face looks different almost <laughs> my smitty was was struggling to even get me to get back on towards an end of the year podcast because i, mean, I like could not teeth. even talk about baseball I, that's why was, i'm making jerry my my personal asshole of the year because he's ruined my friend's love for baseball it's, 
This was bro, ru, might ruin this podcast. It was close. It was close. I was like, I was like, fuck. I don't even know if I want to do the podcast anymore. It's so bad. I can't but, blame you. I mean, I hope you soldier on, but I can no, understand I, I, why you'd be I, so I, pissed. I've come out of it because when we had that first podcast back, it was it's very, thera- it was very therapeutic. It can be right. very therapeutic. And, but Jerry Reinstorf's gross mis- mismanagement of the White Sox as a functioning as a small market team in a major market is, is just unforgivable as a fan. And I can even, I can live with, I can live with a little bit of like, okay, you want to run your organization as a business. Fine. Yeah. I get that to a degree. So I'm not going to like, you know, they, they were at one point the seventh highest payroll in major league baseball. So they didn't get the results from it that we thought, but when it ever it has come down to signing any major talent that would have taken the roster that that Rick Hahn had constructed via trade in a mm-hmm. rebuild and brought in two or three key veteran pieces to push them over the top. That's the phrase. It never got done. They never pushed it over the top. Just like you said, that's that's the one failing of Rick Hahn, and that's what cost them cost them their jobs. Hahn and Hahn and uh, Williams. Williams, yeah. They they were not able to push it over the top with that one key free agent, just like you said. Because everything else was there. Uh whatever chemistry issues, you know, that were there that could have been mitigated by star players potentially. So yeah, I mean I, I wrote a, a blog piece about a month ago, a month or so ago, kind of chronicling comedically as best I could everything that Jerry's <laughs> done this year. I thought maybe I'd re, I'd go through yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think I think it's worth going through. I mean, this is our asshole of the year. We we shouldn't leave it at at a few sentences. So let's well, give him his due. Back back when this used to be a blog, we you and I used to write every every day almost. Yeah, we then we got bored with that. We said, yeah, "Let's just I, talk." Yeah, I got well. The technology got to the point where it was actually. Who's got time to, to write? Yeah, it was easier <laughs> to podcast than it was to write anymore. But so I went for a throwback. I actually wrote a blog piece because I was so inspired by the assholishness of one Jerry Reinsdorf. I had to chronicle it all. So I call I called the piece "How to Make Your Your Fan Base Wish You Would Hurry Up and Die Already" in ten easy <laughs> steps. Because I. Think, because I think the only, the only, and you've mentioned it, the only way White Sox fans can feel like they're ever going to get out of this spiral is for him to get rid of the team. And one way that most, the fastest way is probably for him to die, considering he's, how old is he now? 82? 87? No. Oh, Jesus. I don't know if he's that old. But... So yes, we are disparaging an old man uh, at death's door, but he deserves it. Step number yeah, one 80, of... 87, by the way. I was Jesus. right. Yeah, 87. Yeah. Step number one of how to make your fan base wish you would hurry up and die already in 10 easy steps. Number one is publicly state finishing in second place every year is your goal. <laughs> He's actually done that on multiple occasions. He has, he has, he has. Which is, you know, if that's your goal, that's, it's understandable as a business. You know, the philosophy there is you keep the fans interested. Uh, you keep them buying season tickets, but you don't have to, you don't have to really pay for a winner. You can be no. a mediocre, you know, middling team, but you're always kind of in the mix. Don't say it publicly. <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what are you doing? That's just, 
I don't think it's stupid. I think he's just that arrogant. He just yeah, does he not is. care what anyone thinks. And he will just 100%. tell everyone to their face what he's doing. Number two is build a roster full of entitled underachievers. I think we've chronicled that uh, yeah. to some degree. Uh, that's not necessarily his fault, but he was the overseer of all of it. They decided to pay a lot of those players that I, I criticized at the time. And we saw that's led to a malaise over the club. And I think that was a, a key failure. Number three, hire your drunk buddy to manage, then let him hang around to influence front <laughs> office after he failed. He was just in the news last week. He's still in the decision-making process in the room with Chris Getz when they're doing stuff. It's like, get this drunk out of there. Like what, what is happening? He's oh. clearly out of touch with with baseball he's it, the game has passed him by yet he is still a key decision maker part of the key decision making group with the white Sox. and it's just <laughs> considering how unpopular it was it's got to drive people nuts every time you see his name number four cancel your annual fan fest for dubious reasons oh god yeah this is this is embarrassing like that you're you're you, no one within the White Sox organization wants to go to Sox Fest because they know it's just going to be malicious. Yeah. But they blame COVID. They've, it's the only, it's the only event that's been canceled in co over COVID over the last three years, probably. I mean, are we still canceling things because of COVID? Although I, I am seeing a spike in COVID cases. The vid. But we're not, we're not canceling events anymore, but the White Sox take every opportunity to cancel the Sox Fest. I think you are doing some kind of thing this year, mm, but they're, they're no. not calling it Sox Fest. They're, they're calling it something else. So COVID Ooh. killed Sox Fest. That's just ridiculous. They're just scared to talk to the fans. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it is. Number five, raise your season ticket prices after finishing 500. <laughs> yeah i was I, I was i was publicly on the yeah, air about that and i didn't renew. about it I did not yeah. renew yeah i don't blame you number six publicly idea laugh at the idea of spending money on top free agents <laughs> we're not going to be in on the shohei otani deal <laughs> the, the assembled media laughed right with them which is because everybody knows of course he's not but just to laugh at that, at the notion. We will be, we will be in on the Eric Fadi deal, though, from <laughs> Korea. <laughs> the only ones. Number seven, uh, trade your only likable, productive player to Miami. Of course, referencing yeah. Jake Berger. Uh, that Burger was just such a, such a kick to the dick. I think you got a, a good a good pitcher in return, but for a, literally he's the only likable guy for that at that point who was under team. team control forever and yeah. he had a he had a monster second half in miami too so. yeah he did brutal he's, yeah lose over number eight sorry <laughs> lose over 100 games when you were expected to easily win the division i famously picked you to go to the world series yeah do it again I next am, year I implored you to win a division because you had so much more talent than everyone else in the in the in the division and yet, 100 games, 101 losses. Number nine, start another rebuild by trying to recreate your chronically mediocre division rival, the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> there we go. There's a why, good one, yes. Why on earth would you emulate the Royals? It, it seems obvious what they're doing with, with of course, Getz, who is from the Royals, Royals organization, 
all the Royals pickups you've made, uh, the rumors that you're going after Pablo Sandoval or no, uh, Salvador Perez, Salvador Perez. Uh, I mean, I'd rather emulate the the Royals as they are right now, who has spent what over a hundred million dollars. Maybe, the, maybe they'll see that and say, "Oh, <laughs> I should try that now." Man, let's spend some money. We got ninety million dollars more to spend. It's such a weird thing. I just don't know why why you try to emulate the Royals. But I mean, you could emulate, you know, successful organizations. You know, you look at look to them. But I, I mean, they the Royals did have a run in in 15, fourteen and fifteen. Yeah, uh, but that that's a long time ago. And number 10, let your wildly popular and nationally renowned broadcaster leave for another division rival in my Detroit Tigers. I yep. mean, just, just the, the coup de gras, the, the last, last straw. You let Benetti go. The one, the one good thing you let him go because you didn't like him. And you literally told people you don't like his, just didn't like him. Which, yeah, go ahead. Interview for whoever you want. Just unbelievable. Oh, I have to throw in a bonus, number 11. What? It just happened last week. He was in Nashville meeting with... Oh, meeting right, with, yeah, yeah. Meeting with city officials, but that had nothing to do with uh, you know leveraging a new stadium. No, he just happened to be in town. Yeah, or potentially That's moving the-, the franchise to... They're moving it to that, I'm telling you, this west side mecca. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that, my dome stadium on the west side. Wow. It's going to pull me back in 100%. Especially since I'll probably be paying for it anyway. Oh, you so, will. I, that's why I moved out of the state of I Illinois. Said, so I'll I, be, yeah, yeah, I'll be paying for it. So I'm, I want to go see where my money went, where my tax dollars went. At least I'm not paying for it anymore. I yeah. paid enough for Sox Park. So, yeah. Uh, I did have one bonus one that I saw on Twitter that I thought was too hilarious. Number twelve. Two bonus then. Okay. Yeah. Two bonuses. Uh, they're going to cancel. They're going to ban grilled onions because they're so. Oh popular. yeah, that was that was hilarious. They're just way too popular. That was when you said to me, I think this would be his. This would break his back, or this would be your final straw. <laughs> There'd be riots. The at Sox type things final straw. Yeah, if we couldn't get Polish with at Sox games, what, what, the, oh. what the fuck are we doing? So. Yeah, I mean seriously, Jesus Christ, but. I don't know if you wanted to pile on or add to that, but I thought that at least no, I think that a lot was of the a, major points. That, that was that was a, a a great summary of of uh, Reinstorf's reign as um, White Sox president of operations of, of the whole thing. I mean, Owner. he he um, chairman. I guess he got. I guess is. He got more lucky with the Bulls and that Jordan pick than really pretty lucky. Then what they've done since Jordan. Yes. Then really like going all in with the Bulls, and he's the guy who, you know, they got the six championships, him and Jerry Krause. And it's kind of like Krause was a stooge too, you know. Organization about championships. Yeah. So I mean it you wonder if the Bulls would have any championships if Jordan didn't fall to him while he was there. So, you know, I mean, I always was always kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt because of that too. Like, wow, he won, he won six championships in the basketball team. He's surely going to win multiple championships with the baseball team. You've still got, you've always got got 2005. You got 2005. I do. You can hold on to that forever, but it doesn't keep him from being our asshole of the year. Woo! Jerry, you earned it big time. 
Big I do want to, before I wrap up the show, Big I have time. I have one question for you. With a shot spotter alert here at the uh, baseball park tonight. Are you going to find these guys? Or, you know, I mean, you got any promising uh, uh, leads? A 42-year-old woman shot in the leg. A 26-year-old woman grazed in the abdomen. Lead? Yeah, sure. Police are still investigating. They haven't come to a final conclusion. I'll uh, just check with the boys down at the crime lab. But we have done a lot of investigation. We have gathered a lot of facts. They uh, got uh, four more detectives working on the case. Regardless of what has been said in the past, I see virtually no possibility that the gunshots came from within the ballpark. They got us working in shifts. <laughs> <laughs> Leads. The gunshots the other night came from outside the ballpark. That's why I see him and I shot. Okay, guys. Did they ever solve the Sock Park shooting mystery? Is, nope. Are there any, any no, custody? But there was a story. Uh, shit, I meant to pull it up before I got here. There was a story in, like, Florida where a woman was arrested because she was concealing a gun up her Oh, part. <laughs> okay, the so, rumor at Sox Park was, it was yeah. in a fat fold. Yeah, uh, but, but to to lend some <laughs> lend some truth, maybe yeah, to the happen. what happened with the White Sox. Um, apparently, you can put a gun in places and it's not going to show up, baby. <laughs> well, you did report that the security was upped uh, the week or so after after. Oh, the yeah, a few days there. after we we go we go there like four days later and suddenly. My my Apple Watch here is setting off the detector, and they're like, uh, "Oh, it's probably your watch." And I'm like, "I've been walking through these fucking metal detectors for like four years with the fucking thing on." They finally turned them on. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, <laughs> oh there's an on switch. This was solar powered." Well, if I did my job properly, people listening to this podcast just heard a new intro I created for this, which I think it's going to be a new segment in every show. I think I'm going to end every show in 2024 with. They solved the Sox Park shooting. <laughs> yeah. They, did, the, the did the shots come from within or from without South Side? The South Side yeah. ballpark. I mean, literally, the Tribune did an article like only like a month ago about it saying this was most likely going to remain a mystery. <laughs> That's just bizarre considering it's, it's going to be sealed like the JFK documents. Yeah. Uh, until. 2055 then the it's, documents will be opened to see I mean, what occurred this is a joke but there are similarities with the jfk assassination i mean there's video evidence plenty of video evidence yes hundreds of eyewitnesses yes most crimes are unsolved because there's no evidence and there's no witnesses we have yes. all of it here so there's something something fucked up happening here so i'm going to continue to ask the question throughout 2020 I'm 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 happy to field it too because I I do look for updates on this fucking thing yes. and there ain't nothing. The truth is out there. It's someplace. So <laughs> we need Mulder. We need Mulder and Scully. It should be an X Files. This, this yeah. is an X Files situation. <laughs> the, the the episode's called the Gunt. <laughs> Fupa or Gunt. <laughs> Well, with that, uh, I think we can wrap up this episode. Nathaniel <laughs> uh, Asshole of the Year episode, our favorite ep episode of the year. Final episode of 2023. Uh, I want to wish you a happy Festivus to everyone yes, out there who, sell, who does aired, observe it. 
we aired those grievances today. That's for sure. I think we did a good job of airing grievances. I think that's pretty much the the theme of this entire podcast. So we've accomplished that. Uh, you and I haven't talked about this yet. I'm assuming we'll, there will be some more news to talk about in January. We'll probably do once a month, maybe one in January, and then certainly one in February as spring training then, kicks off. Yeah, before we kick it into gear, probably second or third week of March, probably from there yeah, on out, right? I think so. I think we should. But hopefully, we hopefully I'm hopeful for someone within within this these teams that we follow here, that something major occurs that even causes us to want to hop back on the air for like 20 minutes or yeah, something. Just to can always do that. It. I like it. Yeah. I think Cubs, the Cubs, will do, some, Cubs are going to do something. Uh, Dylan Cease trade might be the, the next, next White Sox thing that would get us. To the Tigers. <laughs> oh my God. All right. I, well, Hey, I didn't see Benetti coming. You know, who knows? I know. Maybe, maybe they're just going to send him to the Tigers for nothing. Love it. Love the way you're thinking. Well, with that, we'll wrap up this episode. Uh, I believe it's 138 overall. Sure. I believe you. Uh, In the meantime, you can find us on social media at Major League A-Holes and at Socks type thing on Twitter. You can find us at Major League A-Holes on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. Check out all our YouTube clips. Um, I record the whole thing as one long podcast video, which seems to be popular. I don't know. I don't know how anybody could watch us for an hour and a half or two hours or whatever we've done. But if you don't, if you can't handle that, I split all these segments up into shorter bites so you can digest us a little more easily over on the yeah. YouTube. Uh, we are on the web at majorleagueaholes.com and thing.com and our merchandise is at aesthetics.shop. A-S-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S.shop. So with that, I think we can declare this season is over. Peace. Peace. Happy holidays. Merry New Year. Yeah! Jesus fucking Christ, it's about time. And I'm proud of it.